And as you know, as I've been talking to you each week, I just couldn't wait to this week. You say, Pastor, the other ones were okay. I mean, they were good. Well, you are going to love today. I love it when we become the victor. I love it when we get the victory. I love it when we see what God has done. Just like watching all of you stand, and there'll be more in the next service, that have completed the educational programs that we have in our church. It's just to help you, my friend. So those to me are victories. They're victories. When this worship team did as good as they did today, that to me, that's a victory. That's, they practiced hard yesterday for hours and worked hard. And man, there was so many new people that wanted to join the, the music teams. And they went through auditions yesterday right here in this church getting ready for what's going to happen next. And, you know, there, today there's a hosting team meeting for all, all the people that want to help serve and in welcoming and all the registration part. It's just a church that's exciting and growing. And, 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 and to me, that shows victory. Our theme verse for the month was comes from 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4 in the NIV version. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. I love that. So if you are ready for victory, if you've not been with us for one week, I'm going to do a short recap to help you if you missed any of the weeks. Week number one, Pastor Jen stood up here and, and told you, and get up. Get yourself up. Don't give up. Get up. I mean, that's pretty easy. There's a lot of people in life, and when the storms of life come, want to give up. Don't give up. Get yourself up and get a victory mindset. You've got to have the mindset that I want to win. You've got to have a mindset that I want to overcome. You've got to have a mindset that says, I'm a champion in Christ. You've got to have that in your mind. And this launched us into the entire month of the story from Judges chapter 6 verses, or chapter 6 through chapter 8 on the story of a guy that we talked about for the rest of this month and I will finish today. His name is Gideon. You've heard me say it many times. Everyone has a story. His story is really unique. And, and because of his story, he, he had to get some things straightened out in his life. And the very first thing that happened is he got rid of the idols in his life. He got rid of the sin in his life. If you're going to be a champion, if you're going to live in victory, you've got to get rid of the junk. Okay, two people believe that in the whole church. I'm telling you, you won't live in victory if you got junk. you got sin. You're doing things you shouldn't be. You say, well, I'll live on victory on Sunday. What are you going to do the rest of the week? You want to live in victory every day. So you got to get rid of the idols. And in this case, it was an idol unto Baal and some other things that happened in his life, but he got rid of them. You say, well, how does that get rid of the stuff? Well, it's get rid of it because when we confess our sins, God forgives. God doesn't look at your past. He looks at your future. God doesn't. He says, I won't remember all your sin. And if you look at your life, many of you, many of us have had more than one sin. Boy, aren't we quiet now, aren't we? You know that. 
But God doesn't look at that. God looks at the potential of what's going to happen. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all wrongdoing. He changes us and He changes our outlook on life. You know, sometimes we give God our excuses of why we can't. I can't serve God. I can't follow the Lord. We give him our excuses. Well, I want you to know that God's ready. If anybody had a lot of excuses, it was Gideon. He, could, he, he said these kind of words. I'm the weakest of the weak. In my entire family, I'm the least. In my entire tribe, which was Manasseh, in the entire tribe, I'm the, I'm the worst of the worst. This was his personal identification of himself. God says, I'm picking you. What? Why didn't you pick the biggest and the strongest and the one that had been serving the Lord the longest? Why didn't you pick him? No, 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 no. God picked the least of the least, the weakest of the weak. God didn't look at his excuses. He looked at his possibilities. Wow. Look at the possibilities. You say, Pastor, I don't have any talents. I don't have any giftings. That's what you say. I want to know what God has to say. God says, I've given you gifts and talents and abilities. And, and I think it's a process in a church that we help you use those gifts and talents and abilities. And to stretch you a little bit. You know, when you, when you think about Gideon's position here, it's amazing how that he not only had a past, but then when he was up to potentially saying yes to God, he says, now I want a sign. You know what I used last week? I used that garment of a, my wife that looked like a sheep. She has more garments than it looked like everything else. Just saying. Anyhow, it looked like a sheep. You didn't know that. I knew that. It came out of her wardrobe. <laughs> but it looked like the, the, the sheep coat. And, and God said to, or Gideon says to God, God, this is what the sign I need. I'm going to put this sheep coat down here on the ground. And I want you to make that wet. And I don't want you to make anything around it wet. What? He wanted a sign. So the next day, Gideon goes to the sheep coat. It's wet. Now, you would think that's a miracle in itself. Everything around the sheep coat was dry, but the sheep coat was wet. In the Bible, it's called a fleece. He says, okay, God, thank you for doing that, but I have another sign. What? I mean, this guy gets brave with God. I want you to keep that dry and make everything around it wet. That's amazing to me that he'd have that much gumption to talk to God like that. But see, God looks at us and he says, you know what, I know that that person has possibilities. And if I've got to give them the sign to show them they have possibilities, I'll give them a sign. 
So the next day, the sheep coat's wet, everything else is, uh, uh, sheep coat's dry, and everything else is wet. That's amazing to me how that God honored the sign. So now we come to the story of the battle. Whole month to get to this plot. My style of preaching says get to the first part. I mean, deal with the battle. (laughs) Because I like the victory. I like the fight. Let's go fight. You want to fight? Let's fight. Because I know whose side I'm on. And I know who's going to be the victor. But, but sometimes as a pastor, i got to take you on a journey to get you up to the battle. Because some of you have had so many struggles in your life that you haven't even got to this part. And I want to get you past this part. See, you, don't, you can't have a victory if you don't have a battle. Some of you look at your life and say, man, I've had some battles. Okay, well, you can't have the victory unless you've had a battle. And you can't have a testimony unless you've had a test. You want a testimony? I hope you do. Well, I'll guarantee you, the test that you've been through in your life will lead to your testimony. So Judges chapter 7 and 8 gives us the powerful story of what happens. This is the story that gets me ready to get up and preach. Today I got to preach three times. Boom, 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 boom. And it's going to be okay. I I thought about it. Oh, Lord, I'm going to be tired. In America, there's times that I have to preach five times. Some of the churches, you have five services. Boom, 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 boom. You say, Pastor, you're getting old. How are you going to handle five? Well, today I'm going to handle three. And God's going to give me the strength to give the same energy level, the same exciting message in the third time as I preach as I'm going to preach right now. And the reason that I believe that is God wants this message going forward. He wants the idea that we are ready for victory. God is for us. And we've got to get that in our DNA, in our life. God is for us. And he's never been defeated. I'm going to say that again. He has never been defeated. So the first thing that had to happen was the army had to get prepared. You got to get the army. If you're going to have a battle, you got to get the army prepared. Most of you would think you got to do more training. Right now, get the army prepared. What would you do? Get more training. Some of you would say, get more equipment ready. Get the swords and the spears and get it all ready. (laughs) I just want the nuclear bomb or... Give me the biggest gun. Are you listening? How many would want a, a, want a sword? One person. Okay. If I'm allowed to have anything, I'll take the biggest I got. You understand? Give me the biggest gun. Give me the biggest ship. Give me the biggest plane. Whatever it takes to win this battle, give me the biggest one. That's my thinking. Miss Jackie thinks you can just do it all with a sword. (laughs) But here's the idea. He knew what he was up against. That day, he knew that he had 32,000 of his men. And he was going to go fight an army that had 135,000. Now, just in itself, 32 
thousand versus a hundred and thirty-five thousand, you'd say, "Wow, that's a big difference." They are outnumbered. God doesn't have enough people. The enemy has more people, more warriors. So, chapter 7, verse number 1 says it like this. Early in the morning, Gideon and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of the Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. Now, some of you would throw a fit right now. By God! I already have 32,000 and they got 135,000. You'd start, I could see some of you. You'd try to protest to God. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So here's the leader of the army, Gideon. Anyone of you afraid? Now you don't say to the colonel, the guy in charge, yes, I'm afraid. But 22,000 of them left. <laughs> he only had 32,000. And 22,000 saw the 135,000 and said, uh-uh, this day I don't want to die. I'm outnumbered. I don't see it like Gideon. I haven't been where Gideon's been. I haven't been in God's presence like Gideon's been in God's presence. I only see what I see, and I see 135,000 of them over there. 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many. Take them down to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. <laughs> if I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. What? God makes a decision about how we're going to fight a battle today based on whether a guy drinks out of his hand or he licks the water like a dog? Remember, his ways are not our ways. Remember? But no, our bullheaded self, we want to think more for ourselves to think we can do it. This is where you get yourself in trouble. So Gideon took the rest 
of the Israelites home, sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Wow. Now that in itself is a pretty powerful story. You could leave it right there and say, my goodness. He started the day with 32,000 trained army guys. He ends the day with 300. And they hadn't fought one battle yet. They hadn't done anything yet. And he goes from 32,000 to 300. So Gideon's got a, he's got a pretty big predicament. He's got a situation that he's got to realize something that I hope that you will learn from this series. There has to be a plan put in place. The plan has got to be put in place. See, Gideon tells, he he doesn't look at this story and say, okay, God must be on my side. He, he looks at it to say, God's going to just fight this thing. It ain't going to be about us. It's going to be about him. Remember, this is God's fight. This is God's battle. He always has defeated the enemy. And in this moment of time, Gideon is being taught a very valuable lesson. I wonder how many times we got to learn the same lesson. Or could we take at face value the story of Gideon and say, God, if you did it for Gideon, you can do it for me. If you did it in the Old Testament, you can do it in the New Testament. If you did it in the New Testament, you can do it now. I'm here to tell you today that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is not going to change how he gets you to victory. If God be for us, who in the world is going to be against us? It's not based on numbers. It's based on the power and the authority of God in your life. Listen, this message is for you. The Gideon story has already been written. And Gideon had to teach us a very valuable later for 2021. A military strategy is this. I'm going to divide my 300 men into three groups. 100, 100, 100. Oh, that's rocket science, isn't it? I mean, that's hard right there. Okay, we're going to divide in three. And then this is what I'm going to do. I want each of you 300, I want you to have one trumpet in one hand and one torch in another hand. What? Where's my nuclear bomb? Where's my bazooka? Where's my machine gun? You want me to have a trumpet and a torch? At least give me a sword. Give me something. 
You want me to fight 135,000 people with a trumpet and a, and a, and a torch? Now you online people are probably saying, that dude is flipping. It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. I could, I could act like one of the 300 right now and say, What? I, I drank my water the wrong way. I should have drank another way so I could have went home. I should have acted like I was afraid on the first go-round. Ah, now I'm 300 and you're not even giving me a sword. The plan is put in place. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to divide. 100 is going to go on this side of the camp. Another 100 is going to go on this side of the camp. And another hundred's going to go on that side of the camp. Now, you think about the proximity of that. You're going to surround with 300 people. You're going to surround 135,000 people. That is a big difference. Huge difference. It's almost two times filling the soccer stadium, the football stadium here in Rome. Put it in perspective. It's about how many people come to our church on a Sunday here in Rome. The bodies show up just here versus filling up the stadium two times. This is what I want you guys to do. I want this group, you, you go stand on the north end of the stadium, and this group, you stand on the south end of the stadium, and you guys, you go, well, stand in the middle. You see what I'm saying? But he had a plan. Because this was God's plan. Gideon didn't make this up. God told him what to do. Boy, that's where it really comes down to the wire. Whether we're going to help God out with the decision or we're going to obey what God says. I can tell you, if you do it God's way, there will always be victory. Thank you for my ten amens. Because there comes a place in your life that you believe the battle is the Lord's. The battle, it's not my battle, it's God's battle. Now in the natural, you'd think that the Midianites would, would, would just annihilate this group of people in the natural. But we're not talking about the natural here. We're talking about the supernatural. And so, this is what happened. They get up there, they surround them. It's nighttime. And if you want to go read the rest of the story, this is for all of you that really want to find out all the little details. Gideon got nervous before the battle. So he goes with his aide and he goes and listens into the camp like a little spy. What are they saying about me? What are they saying? And when he's done listening, and he only did it because he was nervous. I'm not saying God doesn't know we're human. I'm not saying that God doesn't know we make mistakes. I'm not saying that. And if you need a sign, get a sign. If you need to go visit the battle and before the battle takes place, go ahead. But I can tell you at the end of the day, the battle's the Lord's. 
So he takes the 300, he stands them up on the hills, and he says, take my lead. (laughs) And all of a sudden, all that happened was he blew his trumpet. So he blew his trumpet, and the other guys blew their trumpets. And they held up their torches. And the Midianites got so nervous that they started to kill each other. And the battle, the rest of the battle, is them fighting with each other because they think that the Israelite army had so surrounded them that they were in mass chaos. And this declares to you today, the battle is the Lord's. They won that battle that day with a, with a trumpet and a torch. Wow. I'm not going to lie. I've been saying nuclear bomb and bazooka and machine gun because that's how I kind of think. Give me the biggest gun. God's saying, I already got the gun. This battle's mine. If you'll believe, we're going to see this battle through. So the million-dollar question for you today is who defeated the Midianites? That's your question. Do you know the answer? Hopefully you said God. But he had to have a servant named Gideon that obeyed, that believed, that trusted that the battle is the Lord's. Our theme verse of the month, for everyone born of God overcomes the world, overcomes the battle. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. My faith is in Christ Jesus. I believe that when he sets me up against the lion's den, I'm going to win. When he sets me up against the Jericho wall, I'm going to win. When he sets me up against the diagnosis of the doctor, I'm going to win. When he sets me up against a difficult situation in my job, I'm going to win. Because I'm more than a conqueror. Say, man, pastor, I had to wait four weeks to get to this one. It'd be better for me to preach this one the first week. But I know the rest of the story. Church today, online campus today, listen to me. I'm telling you the rest of the story. My hope is built in Jesus Christ and nothing else. I'm going to get through this life with Jesus my shield and my defender, my rock and my salvation. I'm here to tell you we are victorious. Wow. So you, army needs to be prepared. The plan is put in place for the battle is the Lord's. Did you listen to your pastor today? Would you stand with me? Thank you for listening online campus. I'll pray with you. Listen, friend. God has spoken to your life. Today... Thank you so much for listening today. 
As you have heard this message, I believe God has spoken to your life. Today, the best decision you can make is to follow Christ, to say yes to Him. And if you want to say that prayer with me, I'd love to pray with you right now. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say it, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I won't do anymore because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you just said that prayer, that's the best prayer you've ever prayed. And I can tell you that God's got great plans for your life. In a moment, there'll be some information that you'll see online that you can follow up because we're, the relationship doesn't stop now. We've started a relationship where we're gonna help you on this journey with Christ. Maybe you've listened to this prayer today and now you're saying, man, I got another need. Or maybe you've already given your life to Christ and you say, I need a miracle. Well, this pastor, this church believes in miracle. And so I wanna pray a prayer for you right now that God will do a miracle for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for my friends that have listened today. God, there's nothing too big for you. You said we can ask anything according to your will, and you hear us. And Lord, when you hear us, you respond to us. And Lord, right now, there are people that are praying prayers all over the world, and they're asking you for a miracle. So God, no matter what it is, I pray right now, you will touch them, you will answer their prayer, and a miracle will happen for them as we pray this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, I can tell you, I can't wait to hear the results of that prayer. So if you just send us a note, the information will be there right after you see this video, and you can say, I want to send that guy a note to tell him what God has done for my life. We love you, and remember, God's got a plan for your life.